11, chapter 28, which is called Jnana Yoga. And we, we are, we had a long pause, we are up to now uh, text uh, 21, where uh, purpose of Jnana Yoga here, as is, is, is Krishna is explaining it to Uddhava, is to distinguish the absolute truth from everything else. And in the previous text, 20, which we spent a lot of time on, it talks about the three phases of consciousness, uh, waking consciousness, uh, dreaming sleep, and uh, deep dreamless sleep. These are the three modes of nature, uh, then also the uh, uh, the mind is understood as the perceiver, the perceived, and the regulator of perception. But then he says, beyond these, there is the the turiya, the fourth factor, and that alone consists of the absolute truth. So what you're distinguishing, you know, the real from the unreal, or the eternal from the temporary, and so on. So now we'll go on with text uh, 21. Uh, before I read it, I'll say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Uh, so Krishna says here, uh, with text 21, Nayat purastad uttayan apaschan madhyechatanna vyapadesha matram bhutam prasidham chaparenayat yadyat tadeva tatsyad ittime manisha. So the translation uh, that which did not exist in the past and which will not exist in the future also has no existence of its own for the period of its duration, but is only a superficial designation. In my opinion, whatever is created and revealed by something else is ultimately only that other thing. Um, That's the uh, translation. Let's see, I think let me see how uh, it's translated by Banuswami. Yeah, almost the same. That which did not exist in the past and will not exist in the future also has no existence for the period of its duration but is only a superficial designation. In my opinion, whatever is created and revealed by a first object is ultimately only that first object. So what creates and reveals things is Krishna. So this is saying there's nothing but Krishna in different forms. Uh, So uh, uh, here... Uh, if we look at the text, nayat, uh, uh, that which does not put us dot before, or which that which is not 
existing, which is not before, and which is not afterwards. Something which you know comes in, is there now, but it wasn't before and is not there later. Uh, then, in Madhye, in the middle, it's also not there. <laughs> it's really the Sanskrit is a little more dramatic uh, than than the English. What is it? It's uh, Vyapadesha Matram. The word Matra uh, is uh, merely like the like the subtle elements. Uh, subtlest material elements are called tan matra. Merely that. You know? So there's tan matra. So vyapadesha is merely a uh, vyapadesha uh, uh, representation, designation. Uh, the word vyapadesha is uh, the, the prefix v, which is a kind of a all-purpose intensifier in Sanskrit, and then uh, apadesha, which means a representation. Uh, or apadesha by itself means a pretext or a disguise. So it's just merely something that's uh, presented to you. Because the world as we know it, we think we perceive it as out there. But all we perceive, all we have, are our own perceptions. And so thinking it's out there is also a perception. You know, so if you had a really perfect system of virtual reality, you couldn't tell. Especially if you consider your own body-mind as part of the out there. You know, what's conscious is really you're conscious of your mind, you're conscious of your body. Very good job very realistic <laughs> but it's only a so th- that but you notice what's there at all times is your own consciousness you know, that you can't doubt your own consciousness because who's doubting uh, so that that's that's uh, 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 so anyway, that that's what what he's 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 pointing out here. These things are uh, merely uh, uh, superficial designation. Uh, you know, Western philosophers uh, <coughs> have sometimes tried to make the world separate because they have a dualism of what's the mind or mental context and what's physical reality. So how to fit these two things together has always been a difficult idea. Uh, how are they related uh, uh, to one another? And some say there's only matter and that mind is a delusion. Uh, others say there's only mind and matter is just mental phenomena. That comes closer to this, where they want to say everything is just mind. This is called idealism. There's, there's nothing but ideas. And uh, George Barclay, Bishop Barclay, had the famous said that the whole world is just an idea in the mind of God. Yeah. So uh, uh, you can see the temptation <laughs> for, for the, that kind of uh, that kind of thing. Uh, any, any, anyway, so so here 
that's all we know. What he's saying is, uh, and then then the 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 uh, what's what's um, these things that are revealed by something else? How do we know anything? Well, we don't know anything unless Krishna knows it first. We don't see anything unless Krishna sees it first. We don't hear anything unless Krishna hears it first. This is explained in the second canto. Uh, uh, he, he is the, he's the super soul of our awareness, and he makes awareness possible uh, 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 for us. Because uh, otherwise, how do you do that? That's pretty good. You know, you get an idea that's in your mind. How, how, did, you, how did you pull that off? You don't know how you did it. Uh, 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 so this is it's revealed by Krishna uh, and created by Krishna. So therefore, there's nothing but Sri Krishna. In one form or another, uh, including yourself. <laughs> uh, is there. So he's, he's making this statement here. The, uh, the purport uh, in the uh, BBT edition uh, says, uh, although uh, all material projects, products, excuse me, such as our own bodies are temporary and thus ultimately false, the material world is a real manifestation of the Lord's potency. They want you to understand it's not imagination, but it sort of is. <laughs> anyway, uh, the basic substance or reality of this world is the personality of Godhead himself. <laughs> that's the point that's being said here. Whereas the temporary designations imposed by the conditioned souls are illusions. Thus we consider ourselves American, Russian, British, German, Indian, black, white, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, and so forth. In fact, we are the marginal potency of the Supreme Lord, but by attempting to exploit the Lord's inferior material potency, we have become entangled in illusion. Everything should be properly defined in terms of the personality of Godhead, who is the essential reality of this and all of the worlds. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says it has been said that the truth is that which exists without change through all three states of time whatever changes in time is not truth what exists in the middle is not a separate existing object it is only a name why? Whatever is revealed by another entity is only is only the revealer, the cause, not something separate. That is my understanding. So that's his way of, uh, of uh, Krishna in one form or another. Um, so now, oh yeah, I, the, the, this... To, to get this idea in a simpler form, we can look at Bhagavad Gita <laughs> uh, when Krishna says to uh, Arjuna, I shall now declare unto you in full this knowledge, both phenomenal and numinous, 
says noumen. Oh, Prabhupada originally had a kind of combined word of numinous and noumenal. <laughs> we had to choose. So, phenomena and noumena. This is a from German philosophy, a Kantian philosophy. There's the appearance of things, the phenomena, and the reality behind the appearance, the, the noumena, uh, the numinous. So they're using numinous. Uh, jnana and vijnana, phenomenal knowledge and noumenal knowledge. Uh, uh, this being known, there is nothing further shall remain for you to know. I should tell you everything that there is. You could say that's in the world and beyond the world. Uh, that's another way of understanding this phenomena and numinous, gan and vigyana. Uh, and you know this. So he's actually, there's a very bold statement here uh, that Krishna says in the seventh chapter. I'm going to tell you everything there is to be known. And if you know this, I'm going to exhaust the inventory of reality. And the thing is, he actually does it in a few verses. Uh, but anyway, the purport here uh, Complete knowledge includes knowledge of the phenomenal world, the spirit behind it, and the source of both of them. So that's what it means here by Vigyana, the spirit behind it, and then the source of both. This is transcendental knowledge. Krishna has two energies, a material energy and a spiritual energy, and he's the source of both. Say it that way. The Lord wants to explain the above-mentioned system of knowledge because Arjuna is Krishna's confidential devotee and friend. Um, uh, it's confirmed here that complete knowledge can be achieved only by the devotee of the Lord in disciplic succession directly from the Lord. That's how you get it anyway. It's either you know, Krishna through, uh, through buddhi D- that decides what you pay attention to, what you pay att- don't pay attention to, what you know. He says, I'm sitting in everyone's heart. For me becomes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. So that's, that's actually, you're controlled. What's important, what's not important, what you notice, what you don't notice. Material science, oh, all of a sudden there's, oh, we never noticed that before. That means our theory is wrong. Uh, anyway. Therefore, one should be intelligent enough to know the source of all knowledge, who is the cause of all cause, cause, and the only object for meditation in all types of yoga practice. When the cause of all causes becomes known, then everything known becomes known, and nothing remains unknown. The Vedas, the Mundakopanishad, 113, says, Kasmin u Bhagavato Vishnate Sarvam idam Vishnatam Bhavatiti, uh, that, that which being known, all other things become known. This is the definition of Brahman. So that's another way to see the world. You go to Brahman, and then all of his energies become known. So then, then by the way, Krishna goes on. As I said, he he says, he he first he says, his bina prakriti astada, his eightfold separated in energy, earth, water, fire, air, ether, or you could say solids, liquids, gases, radiant energy in space, sounds more up, up to date. Then uh, mind, intelligence, and false ego, panas, buddhi, ahankara, the, the subtle elements. Uh, this is my bina prakriti, 
my, my separated material nature. And then he says, beyond, besides this, there's another superior energy, which are the living entities, the jivas, where consciousness is manifested. Uh, and then he says, so there's matter, which is divided into eight categories. There's the jivas, who are characterized by uh, the ability to undergo experiences. That's what you mean by consciousness. They undergo experiences. They're not just objects, but they're subjects. They have significance for themselves. And so anything that we call alive has that characteristic. The experience <coughs> that a flea undergoes may be different from my experiences, but that doesn't mean it's not undergoing experiences. And of course, a sort of a big revelation in modern times is the idea that in fact people, uh, animals for example, undergo experiences. They have significance for themselves. Uh, because we have, because we want to enjoy and control and exploit, we don't pay attention to or don't notice. We even do that to other human beings. They are just things. They're not real. Men do it to women. They call objectifying, and that's one word that feminists made, but they objectify them. We do it to animals. We do it to plants. There's somebody, if they're alive, somebody's experiencing something. That's our understanding, the jiva. So that's this, there's matter, these objects, then there's the, the, the jivas. He says, uh, all created beings have their sources in these two natures, the material and spiritual nature. Of all that is material and spiritual, Krishna says, I am the origin and the dissolution, like the last text we just read. And then he says, then, uh, uh, then he says, Mata Parataram Nanjat Kinchanasti, beyond me, there's nothing further to be known. So there's matter, there's spirit, and there's me, and that's it. That the whole inventory of, of reality has just been given in a few verses by Krishna. Uh, and so there is actually and there Krishna's energy so it's Krishna in another form which is what the point is uh, uh, being made here also so now continuing uh, uh, text number 22 Krishna continues Avidyamanopyavabhasate yo vaikariko rajasa sarga ishaha brahma swayam jyotir ato vibhati brahmindriyartatma vikara chitram. Although not existing in reality, this is this first word avidyamana, although thus not existing in reality, this manifestation of transformations created from the mode of passion appears real because the self-manifested, self-luminous, absolute truths exhibits himself in the form of the material variety of the senses, the sense objects, the mind, and the elements of physical uh, nature. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. You just look at the. Uh, so here were my directions. Excuse me. Banu Swami gives a slightly different translation. Although not existing previously, what appears to exist now, created by transformation by Raja Guna, is the effect of Brahman, which is independent and the revealer of all else. So that's how this previous verse, that which reveals, he says that, that Krishna is the revealer. So here he says again, Thus the universe whose variety is created by the senses, the sense objects, the mind and the elements of physical nature is only Brahman. Because these are statements in the Upanishads, Sarvaklavidam Brahma, all this is nothing but Brahman. Uh, 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 so here, um, in the, uh, it says here, uh, uh, the total material nature, pradana, is originally undifferentiated and inert. That's what pradana, undifferentiated, primordial, material nature. Very subtle, by the way. It's not just a lump. Very, very subtle. If you, somebody handed you some pradana, you wouldn't even be able to see it. <laughs> the total material nature pradana is originally undifferentiated and inert, but later it undergoes transformation when the Supreme Lord, through his time agent, glances upon it and activates the mode of passion. Because creation is the mode of passion. The Demiurgos, the creator, is Lord Brahma, who's the embodiment or the lord of the uh, Rajaguna. Uh, Brahma creates, Vishnu maintains, mode of goodness, and Shiva destroys. These are the three guna avatars. Uh, so uh, this is why, why it says here, uh, Rajasa, the mode of passion, because when creation takes place, in contrast, material transformation thus takes place and is exhibited as the Lord's inferior energy. Uh, in contrast, the Supreme Lord's personal abode possesses eternal variety, which is the self-luminous internal opulence of the Absolute Truth. Notice it says internal, not external, internal. He's constituted by it. The external means he is not affected by, he's not affected by material nature, but he is affected by the internal potency. In fact, supremely affected. He undergoes big feelings and transformations in association with Radharani and so on. So on. In fact, Lord Chaitanya, he comes once and see what it's like to be, you know, 
affected even more. Uh, the Lord's personal abode possesses eternal variety, which is the self-luminous internal opulence of the absolute truth, and is not subject to material creation, transformation, or annihilation. The material world is in this way simultaneously one with and different from the absolute truth. so the word that he uses here is uh, avidyamana, actually not existing. And that's what it means. It's the uh, present passive participle uh, avid, and not present or existent. That's what the dictionary definition is. It's not really there. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport says, having concluded that there is no difference between the effect and the cause, revealed and revealer, based on those two conclusions, the Lord now explains that Brahman is non-different from the universe. What did not exist previously and appears to exist now, arises from transformation, vaikarika, such as the Mahatattva and other elements. It is an effect of Brahman through operation of Rajoguna. Brahman, however, is independently perfect. It, he's using it for Brahman, it is not an effect. It is the revealer, because the word in the text is jyoti. Uh, Brahma swayam jyotiya. Uh, so he takes this self-luminous, or he takes jyoti, and he illuminates everything else. He's self-luminous and also the illuminator of everything else. Because of Brahman, there exist senses, tanmatras, atma, mind, and the five gross elements, vikara, these transformations of these modes. By these arise the universe with variety, but it is only Brahman. So the Upanishad statement that there's only one thing, Brahman, is true. But we, you know, there's different kinds of Brahman. (laughs) It's not without, this is our savishesha. Avishesha is something that can be distinguished by a name and yet be one at the same thing. And so this is the Vishesha. Uh, so then uh, we go on. So, so now what happens... My, my notes up. Uh, yeah, so, so now what, what happens is we going to start to see a transition from focus on Brahman to focus on the spiritual practitioners or practitioner. Uh, and so these verses will now talk about, about that. Uh, one who wants to have this realized knowledge or experience knowledge of such things. So this text goes, um, uh, text 23 now, 
evam sputam brahma viveka he to be he para pavadena visharadena chitvatma sandeham uparabeta swananda dushto kilakamuke byaha so the uh, translation here Thus, clearly understanding by discriminating logic the unique position of the absolute truth. So that's just what we've been through. <laughs> if you have noticed. Thus, clearly understanding by discriminating logic, viveka hetubihi, caused by viveka. Uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has a book, Tattva Viveka, the discernment or discrimination of being able to properly notice things the right way and understand them. Thus clearly understanding by discriminating logic the unique position of the absolute truth. One should expertly refute one's misidentification with matter and cut to pieces all doubts about the identity of the self. Becoming satisfied in the soul's natural ecstasy one should desist from all lusty engagements of the material senses. So here's where it starts talking uh, about uh, about about the practitioner. Uh, there's no purport in the BBT edition. Uh, ban- Banu Swami uh, says in his translation, based on Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary, thus clearly understanding Brahman by discriminating logic, Viveka, by skillfully rejecting one's misidentification with matter, one should cut to pieces all doubts about Atma and satisfied in the soul's natural bliss, withdraw from all the senses. He says natural bliss, they say, natural ecstasy, swa ananda, your own ananda. Uh, uh, You don't need external sources of happiness. That ananda is there, but we have been oblivious to it. So if you contact with that Ananda, there's no need for heroin or whatever substitutes you have. Huh? Uh, this way, there's Sputam, clearly understanding by this Viveka, uh, this uh, 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 misidentification matter. Remember, Prabhupada gives the the seer and the seen. The seer is spirit, the seen is matter. So you can start by drawing the body, you know, where do you draw the boundary between the self and the not-self? Usually it's at the skin. I have my sense organs here. So this is the boundary. Uh, uh, but then uh, my mind is 
has various feelings going on there, perceptions, memories. So I'm conscious of what my mind is perceiving or thinking. I'm just mentally remembering something and undergo emotions. Uh, I'm doing mathematical problems in my head. Uh, I'm conscious of my mind doing those things. So I'm not the mind. You have to withdraw from the subtle body. What's left? Just the the one who's the seer. And that's the self. So we're not the body, we're not the the mind. And you can make that discrimination because you're receiving good directions, and those directions actually we get from somebody, and those are ultimately coming from uh, the spiritual master and the uh, super soul. Uh, uh, So... Uh, so we we are we are we are not the gross body. We're not the subtle body. What's left is consciousness. Just just consciousness. Uh, uh, that's what's the the sign of the self. You can't doubt it because who's doubting? Everything else you can doubt. If you could say you know like Descartes wanted systematic doubt. What he couldn't doubt was that he was doubting. Prabhupada appreciated that when he was told about Western philosophers. He, he liked that part. Because that, that's really uh, 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 an important point, that you can't doubt your own existence. Which, uh, for us, shows that it's you know, not that, that spirit, and spirit is eternal. Uh, it's the, the sign of the, the, the spirit soul. So this way, um, then becoming satisfied in the soul's natural ecstasies, one should desist from all lusty engagements of the material senses. The, the word that's used here uh, uh, for things of lust in the plural uh, kamuka. Uh, kamuka means wishing for, desiring, longing after, uh, being in love with something. Kamuka. Uh, uh, that's that's the meaning of the world, the the word there. Uh, developing discrimination, Vishvishna Chakravarti Thakur about Brahman by realization, teaching, and reasoning. Because you have to be guided to, to, to make these discriminations. There has to, and that's, that's actually intelligence that's, that's, that's doing that, that, that discrimination. Uh, by discrimination about Brahman, by realization, teaching, and reasoning, one cuts doubts concerning Atma by skillfully rejecting the body as the self, para uh, apavada. That's the word that's in this thing, apavada. By the refutation uh, or recognizing this para as the other. It's, it's the not self. The body and the mind are the not self. And then, you know, if you, you're sure about that, then you can uh, uh, come to the point of. Uh, 
clarifying consciousness by getting rid of the mode of passion, the mode of goodness, the mode of ignorance first, and then you become established in goodness, and then from and even in goodness, the symptom of the mode of goodness is happiness. <laughs> you're just naturally, uh, you know, happy person if you're in the mode of goodness. Uh, Prabhupada says that uh, the standard of advancement of modern civilization is the standard of the mode of passion. Uh, and if you read about the mode of passion, is uh, insatiable longings and desires. In other words, as soon as you have it, what you wanted, you want more. And it doesn't, it burns like fire and is never satisfied. It's in the Bhagavad Gita. And so because ultimately the mode of passion, you don't get satisfied. Whatever you keep wanting more and more doesn't do it. Prabhupada says all you have at the end is a little maybe mental satisfaction. Oh, I was an important person. Oh, I made a lot of money. That's it. That's all you get. But otherwise, everything, you know. I, I mean, as those people in the mode of passion, they look at devotees or, or people in the mode of goodness who are somewhat renounced. That's so stupid. But they're going to have to renounce. Their possession is all notional. It's all fictitious. Because at the time of death, everyone renounces. Anyone have a choice? Uh, we, we give up everything and bow down to Krishna and people look at us and say, I'll never bow down like that. But they do. At the time of death, you see, you, it's, if, <coughs> if we have to surrender to Krishna, uh, the choice isn't to surrender or not to surrender. The choice is you want to surrender the nice way <laughs> in devotional service or do you want to surrender at the time of death? That's your choice. Or you have to surrender. Some higher power is going to force you to bow down. That's what happens. And renounce everything that you think you had. You have to do it. So this is the uh, this why desisting from lust engagements, the material senses, because you understand better. And is, and if if you can uh, clarify the consciousness, at least the mode of goodness then you can be at least get a certain amount of satisfaction. Uh, when that goodness becomes more intensified in this devotional service, then there's actual uh, bliss that's so strong that it beats any material feelings that you, you can have. More profound and more deep and doesn't end. It's not over when the night's over. <laughs> <laughs> when they turn off the lights and the guys are sweeping the floor, <laughs> your happiness doesn't end. Right? So this is uh, this is our uh, uh, condition. Uh, so now uh, 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 we'll, do, we'll do one more text. This is pretty fast here. Uh, is going now now to d discuss uh, the uh, the person who uh, uh, what the, what this how to distinguish the self from the not self 
Natmavapu parthivam indriyani devahyasur vayur jalam hutashaha manon namatram dishana chasattvam ahankritikam samyam. The material body made of earth is not the true self, nor are the senses, their presiding demigods or the air of life, nor is the external air, water or fire, or one's mind. All these are simply matter. Similarly, neither one's intelligence, material consciousness or ego, nor the elements of ether or earth, nor the objects of sense perception, nor even the primeval state of material equilibrium can be considered the actual identity of the soul. Hmm? So here you're stripping off the coverings. Right? Banu Swami's translation is a little simpler. There's no BBT purport here. He says, the material body made of earth the senses, their presiding devatas, because every one of your senses has a presiding deity. The material body made of earth, the senses, their presiding devatas, prana, intelligence, mind, chitta, uh, consciousness, ahankara, uh, are not atma. The external, air, water, fire, ether, and earth, the tanmatras, which are the subtle uh, uh, objects of the senses, of sense perception, sound, uh, uh, objects of the sense of sight, uh, colors, forms, and so on. And those are the, called the tanmatras. And prakriti are not the atma. Uh, uh, that's uh, how we translate this word. Here in the end it says artasamya uh, 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 this word uh, is, uh, samya uh, you find in, in uh, uh, elsewhere in the Bhagavatam it's short for tri samya the neutral state of the three modes uh, and samya here because samya means being the same uh, Vishnu Chakravari trans reads it as prakriti uh, but it's prakriti before it's undergone any changes or it's like primordial, undifferentiated, material, very subtle uh, 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 nature. It's like a th- it's called a sutra, like a thread. Uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, commenting on this. Rejection of the body and other things is explained. The body is not the Atma because it comes from earth like a pot. The senses, their devatas, pranas, intelligence, chitva, chitta or sattva, and ahankara are not the Atma. Why? They are all supported by food like the body. Air, water, fire, ether, and earth, and the five gross elements are not the Atma. The Tanmatras and Prakriti, or Samyam, are not the Atma because they are unconscious like a pot. (laughs) The self is designated by this consciousness. 
so here, uh, uh, determining the distinguishing the self from the uh, the not self. So this now it'll go on. and uh, build on that uh, understanding of, of yourself uh, and what this, start to describe the, the state of, of realized knowledge. So we'll stop there and uh, pick up again. We won't be next week, I guess, week after next. Uh, we won't have a class next, next week. We'll, we'll pick up again with text number... Uh, 25. So we see if there are any questions or, or comments. You can uh, call in or text in. If you're on Mayapur TV, you can type a question in the chat. You can type a question in the Mayapur TV if you're on that uh, particular website. Okay, our studio audience. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering your your take on your reading on sattvam here in the verse we just we just went through material consciousness. I'm not I'm not sure what's meant by that. In this context. That's that's the the way uh, that uh, uh, it's read by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur mm. and also the the BBT. Um, uh, it's not spiritual consciousness, but consciousness itself uh, uh, is 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 uh, comes in the 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 mode of uh, of uh, of goodness. Uh, uh, there's certain things that are sattvic. One is the the whole system of the devas are there. Uh, if you look at the the inventory of creation, uh, yeah. See, yeah. Um, uh, the 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 uh, in the Mahatattva, uh, the first thing that shows up there is a hankara. And then this ahankara uh, becomes manifested in goodness, passion, and ignorance. And then this, uh, out of the mode of uh, um, goodness, uh, uh, comes is also called jnana shakti, uh, the powers of knowing. Being a subject, I mean, being a knowing subject, uh, and so uh, uh, there we have uh, the out of there comes the mind and the various 
system of the devas that uh, govern your uh, your your senses. Every every sense, and then the the actual senses, uh, like the gyanindriya, are actually come out of the mode of passion. They're called they're called gyanindriya, the knowledge acquiring senses. The jnana shakti is actually goodness, whereas the uh, uh, yeah, uh, and the 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 knowledge acquiring of senses and the senses of action, uh, those those which uh, the world comes into us and that we act back on the world. Those are the gyanindriya, the instruments of knowledge, and the instruments of action. But they have to do with sense perception. Mm. This Ganindriya. Uh, and they all have each sense uh, the skin, which is the sense of touch, is there in the skin. And there's a deva, vayu, because skin is related to air, mm-hmm. the sense of touch. Uh, the, so who, who's the deva in control of vision? It's Surya, the sun, right? Uh, Varuna is in controlling the sense of taste, uh, and uh, and the uh, Ashvini's Ash, two Ashvini Kumars are the sense of smell, uh, and of course the tongue is both. Tongue is a double duty. It's a it's a, it's a Ganindriya for tasting and a Karmindriya for making sound production. So that that's. So anyway, though, but though, but so so that's why the the words uh, sattva and the mind actually comes out of the mode of goodness mm. is in the mode of goodness. Although we don't think of that way, but but because of because because the faculty of intelligence uh, is in some ways higher than the mind, uh, but it's in the mode of passion because it has to do. With the, the, the senses, uh, the buddhi that that allows your your senses to work properly. But the other thing is that the reason that the sense intelligence is that that's the point of connection of the super soul. I am seated in everyone's heart, and from me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. That's through buddhi, and so buddhi then starts to determine whole mindsets. Mm-hmm. And these kind of uh, 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 upheavals, personal upheavals, that are like a conversion experience, or, or, or uh, this one typical thing, or uh, the thing where your whole view of the world collapses and another one takes its place, the total view, whole view... That those kind of things happen on the level of buddhi, you know. And so uh, there, there's a philosopher who's written a book called "The Structure of Scientific Revolutions," and he compares these revolutions. Talking the Copernican Revolution is one of them, and uh, and uh, the, the, where you, you your whole way of looking at the world changes the whole categories in which you, you see things. And they're more like, and he says they're based on faith. The first people that do it, they just have faith, and then it pays off, you know. So there, it's more like a religious conversion. Uh, and because it's sort of one big thing, you know. So anyway, that's, 
uh, that that that's buddhi. So that that's why uh, uh, here uh, he calls he calls it. Uh, um, what do they say here in the word for word? Material consciousness in the word for word, they're following other Acharyas. The sattva is material consciousness. Yeah. Anything else? Kendra asks, is it possible to have any experience of pradana or undifferentiated matter in our conditioned state? Does it affect us in any perceivable way? I don't believe so. I'm not aware of it. (laughs) 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 It's really pradana is... when things are wound up again, that's all that's left is a little pradana. And then when it merges back into the body of Mahavishnu, when he breathes in, you know, thing comes back in, it says there's just like a barely indistinguishable from spirit is this little thread of, of primordial sutra, uh, undifferentiated material nature that's, that's there. So we can't possibly have any experience of it because our ability to have experience means, you know, to have senses and a sense object and so on. Spiritual experience is very different. Because actually, I mean, to say the Lord is a person means he has senses. So in the spiritual world there is sense perception. But you are none different from your body and, and you have all these powers of perception which are you and so on. Not possible for us to, to understand it. Which is why, you know, people want to say, well, there's only one thing. There's consciousness that's only undifferentiated consciousness of itself. It's consciousness without an object. That's that's what you want to say, which is, of course, you're trying to understand what's going on or what's great about it. But but, but it can't be ever-increasing bliss because there's no variety whatsoever. Another question from Akendra. He asks, does the soul ever reach a level of consciousness in which the subtle aspects of material nature are as clearly perceivable to us as gross matter. Well, there's what aspects of material? Subtle? Does the soul ever reach a level of consciousness in which the subtle aspects of material nature are as clearly perceivable to us as gross matter? You, one in very advanced states of consciousness, you'll be able to see whatever Krishna wants you to see. <laughs> <laughs> You might wonder why you want to look at that rather than other things. <laughs> I, I firmly believe, by the way, 
You know, the Ishopanishad tells us one showing the process of knowledge and nescience side by side. I, f I firmly, because our process of knowing the universe, according to the Bhagavatam, is to try to understand Krishna as giving it, and then seeing the universe as Krishna sees it. I think we'll come up with some interesting ideas about material nature, too. I don't know if you could ever, you know, issue stock on it or make a profit, but you'll know, you know. You'll, 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 we will, we, we will, if guided and directed by Krishna, we'll be able to find out many, many things about material nature. But that will be in the mode of goodness, and so you will be not interested in marketing. Because <laughs> you're self-satisfied, right? <laughs> but you could, you, 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 you'll find out, it probably mentions this, that you get many, many different ideas for, for, uh, for, for understanding this world. But you also may have yoga cities, so that's a different technology. You put the airlines out of business. <laughs> and think of the yoga cities. What kind of a universe is this where the yoga cities are not violations of the laws of nature, but they're just the laws of nature that the devas use? So what kind of a universe is it? One thing is Einstein is wrong because there's no temporal relativity. There can be instant transmissions of messages. Of course, they have that, that, but actually, there's a paradox because there is is some evidence that there is instant transmissions of of messages across distances, which shouldn't really happen because the speed of light is supposed to be uh, the limitation. But there is a hypothesis that if two systems are in contact and two atoms are in contact and they go apart, they remain causally connected to each other. I forgot the name of it. Somebody's hypothesis, uh, anyway. Quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement, yeah, they call it quantum entanglement. Uh -huh. That's right. Instantaneous transmission. So if you want to square that with everything else, we don't know what's going on. How does that work? How is there instant transmission of messages? Well, if, if God is conscious of everything, then there's a field of where super soul is there. But anyway, the yoga cities are not miracles. Prabhupada is fine. Miracle simply means you don't know how it's done. That's what people think. Anything else? That's it. Okay, week after next we'll meet again and we'll take up with the next uh, next uh, verse, which is text number 25. 11, 28, 25. Thank you very much. Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.